Chapter 18 of the Santa Claus Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Campbell Shelp. The Santa Claus Storybook by Unknown. The Bluebird. Once upon a time there was a king who was very rich, both in lands and money. His wife died, and for a time he was inconsolable. But after a while his grief abated, and he married again. His second wife was a widow, and she had a very ugly and disagreeable daughter named Truitone. The king also had a daughter of nearly the same age, who was so sweet and beautiful that she was considered one of the wonders of the world. Her name was Florine. The new queen doted upon her own ugly daughter, and the fact that Florine possessed so many advantages over her made her hate the poor princess to such a degree that she sought by every means to injure her. Florine, who was as mild as she was beautiful, merely tried to keep out of the reach of the malice of the queen and her daughter. One day it was announced that a visit to the court might be expected from King Charmont, the young ruler of a neighboring country. In mind and person this prince, as his name implied, was charming, and being still unmarried he was, of course, an object of great interest to all marriageable princesses. It at once became the ambition of the queen to secure him as a husband for Truitone. She employed all the dressmakers, milliners, embroiderers, and workpeople of every kind to fit out her daughter, and she requested the king to give nothing to Florine. The king, who disliked argument, answered that he left her to take any measures she pleased. The queen then ordered the waiting woman to take away Florine's clothes the very day that King Charmont arrived, so that she was left with only the gown she had on, which was very much soiled. She was so ashamed of her appearance, that when Charmont came she hid herself in a corner of the great hall. The queen presented her daughter to the royal visitor, who was so little impressed with her magnificence that he turned his eyes from her as soon as possible. He inquired whether there was not another princess, named Florine, for reports of her beauty had reached him. There being no help for it, Florine was called forward, and came blushing, and looking so beautiful in her confusion, that King Charmont was dazzled. He displayed his admiration so openly that the queen became furious, and compelled the king, her husband, to consent that during Charmont's stay, Florine should be shut up in a tower of the castle. Charmont had been too deeply mitten by Florine's charms to regard her absence with indifference, but his inquiries as to its cause received no satisfactory answer from the queen, and he remained, for some time, ignorant of her whereabouts. At last one of his attendants succeeded in finding out through one of the queen's maids where the princess was confined, and Charmont managed to get a message to her that the next night he would be at a little window that looked out from her room upon the garden, and would have much to say to her. Unfortunately, one of those through whom the message had to be conveyed betrayed it to the queen. She immediately decided to place her own daughter at the window, believing that in the dark Charmont would not be able to distinguish her from Florine. King Charmont was the owner of a magical flying chariot, drawn by four winged frogs which had been presented to him by a powerful enchanter who was his friend. He determined that if Florine would consent, he would carry her off to his kingdom in this chariot that very night. He was promptly at the appointed window, 
but the night was too dark for him to discover that truitone had been put in the place of florine and with her consent given in a voice counterfeiting florine's as closely as possible he placed her in the chariot and they set off through the air desiring to be married to his beloved princess as soon as possible he asked the supposed florine where she would like to have the wedding take place truitone still personating florine answered that she had a godmother named susio who was a celebrated fairy and she desired to be taken to her castle on their arrival at susio's castle charmont discovered with indignation the trick that had been played upon him he refused absolutely to marry truitone and susio in rage touched him with her wand and changed him into a bluebird which form she declared he should have to retain for seven years overwhelmed with grief charmont flew away from the castle of susio he naturally sought the neighbourhood of the tower where his beloved florine was confined and one evening as he was perched upon a lofty cypress which stood near he heard her at her window complaining bitterly of her separation from the one she loved so dearly he flew to the window and florine pleased with the tameness of the bird took him in her hands and caressed him when to her astonishment he began to speak to her for the king's transformation had not deprived him of the power of speech he told her who he was and all that had happened and florine felt so happy in the presence of her lover even in this form that she no longer remembered the miseries of her prison day dawned before they parted after agreeing that they would meet every night in the same manner during the next day charmont flew to his palace and getting in secured a magnificent pair of diamond earrings which he presented that evening to florine and for many days following he continued to make visits to the palace to obtain other gifts for his princess two years passed thus without florine's once complaining of her captivity her resignation at last excited suspicion in the mind of the queen and she determined to watch florine closely one night she listened at her door and hearing voices within burst the door open and entered florine wore the jewels which charmont had presented to her and the queen's astonishment at the magnificence of these adornments fortunately prevented her from noticing the bluebird she demanded savagely to know how florine had obtained such jewels but florine refused to tell and the queen retired greatly mystified she was determined however to have her curiosity about the matter satisfied so she sent a young girl to sleep in florine's apartment under pretence of waiting upon her but really to spy upon her the princess saw the snare and for a time ceased to open her window to the bluebird but at last one night the spy appeared to be overcome with drowsiness and florine thinking that she was asleep opened her little window and gave what had been her customary signal to the bluebird by singing bird as blue as cloudless sky hither hither quickly fly the bird heard her and was at the window in an instant what joy once more to behold each other but alas the spy's sleep was only pretend and she heard every word of the tender conversation of the lovers the next morning she reported all to the queen in truitone they of course knew at once that the bluebird was none other than king charmont and great was their rage what an affront cried the queen this insolent creature whom i fancied to be so wretched was all this time quietly enjoying the most agreeable conversation with that ungrateful king oh 
i will have a revenge so terrible that it shall be the talk of the world florine was alone the next evening for the spy's presence was no longer thought to be needed and she sang again her call to the bluebird but she sang in vain for the wicked queen had caused sharp-edged knives to be placed in all the trees near the tower so that when the bluebird flew among the branches these weapons cut him frightfully he managed with great difficulty to fly into the forest leaving a track of blood behind him his wounds were so grievous that he would certainly have died had not his friend the enchanter who has been mentioned before fortunately been passing through the forest and seen him this enchanter's skill in magic was so great that it cost him but a few words to stop the flow of blood and heal the wounds of charmont then the king told him of all his misfortunes the enchanter not having the power to undo the spell which susio had laid upon the king decided to see her and propose some arrangement under which she would restore him to his own form for there was danger that if he continued as a bluebird his subjects might place someone else on the throne susio received the enchanter politely but the only concession she would make was to allow the king to resume his rightful shape for a short period during which Truitone was to reside at his palace and he was to consider whether he would marry her or not if he persisted in refusing he would become a bird again this was agreed to and a touch of susio's wand restored his own form to charmont he returned to his kingdom but the idea of marrying truitone grew no more agreeable to him and his mind was less occupied with his government than with devising means to prolong the period which susio had agreed should elapse previous to this hateful union but in the meantime shortly after truitone's departure to charmont's kingdom a great change took place in florine's fortunes the king her father died and the queen was so hated by the people that they rose in rebellion against her broke into the palace and stoned her to death they then placed florine on the throne florine's love for king charmont had not grown less during their long separation although she was ignorant as to what had interrupted his visits so suddenly and could not feel sure that he had not wilfully deserted her as soon as the affairs of the kingdom had become settled she named a council to govern it during her absence and set out in search of the bluebird going disguised as a poor peasant girl one day as she sat by a spring resting a little old woman stopped to question her and florine told her all her troubles then the little old woman suddenly changed her appearance and became a most beautiful fairy she smiled and said dear florine my sister susio has restored the king to his own form and he is now in his kingdom where you must seek him here are three magical eggs break one whenever you need assistance after saying this she disappeared florine was too fatigued to walk any further and she determined to test the virtue of the eggs by breaking one immediately out of it came two pigeons attached to a car she sat herself in this and was at once transported to the capital city of charmont's kingdom the first news she heard upon her arrival there was that the king was soon to be married to truitone florine felt as if she would die with grief at what she supposed was the perfidy of the king she longed for a chance to appeal to him hoping that she could still win him back but could think of no means to gain his ear in this emergency she resorted to her magic eggs and broke the second of them out of it there came a most exquisite little coach drawn by six green mice and driven by a rose-coloured rat while the footmen were two mice of a light violet colour 
In the coach sat four of the daintiest little puppets ever seen. Florine was enraptured with this marvel, and the way to make use of it at once suggested itself to her mind, no doubt by the fairy's inspiration. She presented herself in her peasant's garb before Truitone, giving the name of me Sweelin, and saying she had come to sell the future queen something very wonderful. Then she displayed the coach. Truitone showed at once that she was captivated by this novelty, and at the same time betrayed her mean disposition by offering for it a very small sum, which Florine refused. Truitone then imperiously said, Without offending me further by thy filthy presence, tell me your price. You would find it difficult to pay, madam, said Florine, were I to ask its real value, so I will propose a different sort of bargain. If you will obtain permission for me to sleep one night in the cabinet of echoes, I will present you with this wonder. Willingly, me, Sweelin, said Truitone, laughing like an idiot at what she supposed was the girl's simplicity. Now the cabinet of echoes was a chamber which the king had once described to Florine as being one of the wonders of his palace. It was situated beneath his apartments, and was so constructed that the faintest whisper uttered in it could be heard by the king in his bedchamber. To this place, as soon as night fell, Florine was conducted. She spent the night in making the most piteous complaints addressed to the king. But he heard nothing, for having been unable to sleep soundly since he had been separated from Florine, he was in the habit of taking a dose of opium when he went to bed. Florine passed the greater part of the next day in extreme anxiety. If he heard me, thought she, there never yet was such cruel indifference. If he did not hear me, how shall I make him do so? There was but one egg left to give her further assistance. She broke it, and found in it a pie, composed of six birds which were larded, dressed, and quite ready for eating, yet which sang admirably, told fortunes, and were as learned as college professors. Florine carried this marvellous pie to Truitone's antechamber. While waiting to be admitted to her presence, one of the king's valets came up to her and said, Me, Sweelin, are you aware that if the king did not take opium, you would disturb him dreadfully, for you chatter all night long in the most extraordinary manner? Florine was no longer surprised that the king had not heard her. She had taken a purse of gold with her when she had left her kingdom, and she now produced all that she had left of it, and said, I so little fear disturbing the king's sleep, that if you will prevent his taking opium to-night, this gold shall be yours. The valet consented, and gave his word in the matter. The wonderful pie pleased Truitone as greatly as the coach had done, and Florine had no difficulty in getting permission to pass another night in the cabinet of echoes as its price. As soon as the night came, she was conducted there, ardently hoping that the king's valet would keep his word. And he did so. Florine had uttered but a few words ere the king recognized her voice. Scarcely daring to trust his senses, he hastened by a back staircase to the cabinet of echoes. There he found Florine, arranged in a robe of light silk which she wore under her coarse disguise. The moment he saw her, Charmont flung himself at her feet, bathed her hands with his tears, and felt ready to die with mingled joy, grief, and the multitude of different thoughts that rushed at once into his mind. He and Florine soon mutually explained and justified themselves to each other. Their affection was redoubled, and all that embarrassed them was the fairy Susio. But at this moment the enchanter who was so fond of the king arrived with the famous fairy, 
who was none other than she who gave the three eggs to florine the enchanter and the fairy declared that their power being united in favour of the king and florine susio could do nothing against them and that their marriage consequently might take place without delay as soon as it was day the news spread throughout the palace and everybody was delighted to see florine the tidings reached truitone and she ran to the king's apartment the moment she opened her mouth to abuse florine the enchanter and the fairy transformed her into a pig she ran out of the room grunting and thence into the kitchen courtyard where the peals of laughter with which she was greeted completed her despair king charmant and queen florine delivered from so odious an enemy now thought only of the wedding fate the taste and magnificence of which were equally conspicuous it is easy to conceive how great was their happiness after passing through such prolonged misfortunes End of chapter eighteen